Hey guys, and welcome back to Sex Talks by Lalo. It's the final episode for this series. Can you believe it, Bob? Oh, I know. Literally, this series is just flowing by. Oh, Bob, it sure did. And this final episode is an advice special. We're going to answer all the sex questions you're dying to know. Think of us like your unqualified agony aunt and uncle. So, one of the biggest questions that we're being asked at the moment from all the couples out there is how we can stay sane and patient when we're cooped up and self-isolating with our other halves. Yeah, preach, Bobby. I mean, every single one of Bradley's annoying habits and habits I didn't even know he had are being exposed, but I'm going to come back to that later. To kick things off, I want to share some pretty fascinating sex research that Lalo has conducted recently with highlights it's actually possible to orgasm your way happier. According to Lalo's research, an orgasm boosts Brits' happiness by 10 to 20% and almost four in five Brits say that they feel less stressed after having an orgasm. Okay, so masturbation over mindfulness when it comes to stress relief then. Plus, another study they conducted looked into which professions across the UK are having the most sex. Bob, can you guess which profession is the kinkiest? Uh, reality TV stars? <laughs> well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? But in actual fact, over 33% of farmers get jiggy at least once a day, closely followed by 21% of architects and 17% of hairdressers. That's hilarious because I used to be a hairdresser and then I learned to be a farmer. Well, when I say I learned to be a farmer, I spent 10 days on a farm. I weren't very successful, though. <laughs> so thinking about it, you've got to love a sexy farmer, right? You do, really, yeah. I think it's the check shirts. Final one for you, Liv. Does orgasming help boost the economy, though? So I'm going back to Lalo Research here. And if you were to bring the argument forward for orgasms boosting mood and productivity at work, then there is a link between wanking and the economy growing. So, Boris, masturbation for the nation at this time, please. Now, on to answering some of your questions about us and our sex lives, and we're going to try and answer them as frankly as possible. <laughs> We've spent nine weeks grilling our guests, so I guess it's only fair that we talk the talk. I'll go first. Bob, let's start with a kind of obvious place to start, I think. Um, when did you first know you were gay and how did you go about coming out? Um, so this is always a strange one for me to answer when people ask because I, looking back, think I probably always knew. But when I was young, I didn't know what gay was. But when I look back and I think of certain situations or whatever, I think... I obviously knew that I was different. Yeah. Um, and in terms of coming out, I never really had to. Um, like, I think my mum and dad, I mean, well, they lived with me. I think it was kind of, <laughs> they just kind of, they could tell the signs was there. Like, I was, um, I, I was just always, I mean, and again, I'm not generalising because not all gay men are like me and obviously everything isn't in one box. But uh, I was very much more, in friendship groups with a lot more... I, I had friends that was boys, but I, I loved being friends with girls. Yeah. I loved playing with a Barbie. I mean, I always had a Polly Pocket in my hand. Um, <laughs> and then growing up, when boys was going down White Art Lane and West Ham, I was going shopping to Lakeside. So, 
Yeah, I think I never really, I never really had to do the sit down. Mum and Dad, you're going to be really shocked here. Like they never fell off their chair. Put it that way. There wasn't like a <gasps> moment. They just, it just went without no, saying. I mean, Stevie Wonder could tell. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, Bob, you fire one at me. Right, my turn now to to fire the question. So, Liv, how much masturbation is too much? What a question to ask during this isolation lockdown period. Um, that's a difficult <laughs> one, isn't it? I mean, it's like everyone's different, aren't they? I mean, I've had boyfriends that don't masturbate at all or have got some, have had some that masturbate a lot. I would say I'm like a bit of a medium. I'm like a once or twice a weeker. But I think, who am I to say what's enough or too much for someone do you know what I mean yeah completely have you felt uh, an increase in your once to twice a week during self-isolation well no because we're having actual more real sex because we're together so I guess if you were isolating on your own this probably would be a time when you would be like wanking yourself into a coma every night but I guess because mm. I'm isolated with my partner we're just probably having sex more because it's something to do yeah, just passing the time. I would be intrigued to know in about nine months if there's going to be a surge in um, the amount of babies being born. Oh, I bloody well hope not. I'm double wrapping. <laughs> right, Bob, I'm going to ask you another question. Here's one. How do you recommend keeping things fresh in a relationship? Oh, that's a good question. I would say to keep things fresh is... I think you've still always got to make the effort and never get complacent. I think it's so easy when you've been in a relationship for a certain period of time to just become complacent, to just both come home from work. I mean, we all live busy, hectic lives. I mean, obviously, pre-corona and lockdown, like, generally people, uh, we're working far more hours than we ever have in the past and things like that. It's so easy to come home, be tired, order a takeaway or cook something and, and sit on the sofa and put Netflix on and um, just be too tired for things. So I think the key is to still find each other attractive, to still make an effort, to still do date night, and, yeah, um, yeah let let your partner know that you're still desire, desirable to each other. Yeah, I love it, Bob. So, Liv, what is the most adventurous thing that you've ever done in bed? Oh, my now, I'm sure God. there's a few things, because I know you pretty well, and I know you loves it. <laughs> God, I don't even know where to start. I'm not gonna lie, Bobby. No, I can be like a bit of a kinky minky. What is the most adventurous thing, though? That's like a broad question. God, my hope my mum and dad don't listen to this. I don't know. Some most of the sex I've had with Brad's been pretty wild. I'm trying to think of a good example, though. Come on, Liv, I know you. Don't pretend to be some little shrinking ivy there. I know you loves it. You're like a little vixen. You can't get enough of it. Oh, stop it, Bobby. <laughs> I feel like having sex, like, in public places or, like, when other people are in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Something that, that like that. Pretty, so that's yeah, all you're getting I'm, out of me. That's all you're getting. That is definitely pretty adventurous. I'll take that. Thank you for being honest. You're Love so that. welcome, babes. Right, I'm going to ask you another question. Hmm, that's just a good one. What do you think the biggest misconception there is about gay sex? Oh, you're banging out the good questions today, Gil. Um, 
biggest misconception? Um, I think because people, I mean, it, it's really hard because I generally that when people say gay, that that that's my sex. I don't have any other sex apart from gay sex. So. I don't know what people would look in to see as a misconception, really. I mean, I know a lot of people that always, when people talk about anal, even though I suppose I'm showing my age here because times have changed and anal is a lot more popular with even straight couples. But yeah. uh, a lot of people always go, oh, how do you do it? Like a lot of a lot of my friends that are girls will say, oh, gosh, it's really hurting. I've tried it or my boyfriend loves it and he can't get enough of it, but I really struggle with it and it really hurts. How do you how do you do it? But I think when when that's your your sex life, you, you just get used to it and, and there's techniques, like you've got to have the techers, you know what I mean? Yeah, experience on your side, Bobby. This ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> so live. To wrap up this little section, mm. how do you deal with annoying habits in bread? Like, particularly when you've isolated <laughs> together. Okay, I'm going to be honest. You know me, Bob. I'm not the most tolerant. I'm probably quite a bad person to self-isolate with because I do get irritated quite easily. <laughs> You know, like, I'm even looking at him being like, can you fucking breathe quieter? Like, honestly, I'm going to murder you. And it's, that's all it can take for me. So what we've just, we've been doing the last couple of days, and I, this is the tip I'd give to any couples, new, old, whatever. I mean, we only live in an apartment. We've only got the one level. But you were doing things like, when I went for my walk yesterday, I just went on my own. And then to, last night, we sat in separate rooms and watched TV. Like, I sat in the bedroom and watched telly, and he sat in the lounge. And some people might be like, oh, that's a bit miserable. Do you know what I mean? Like, you live together. God, you hate each other. It's like, no, we love each other, but it's just giving each other that, like, bit of physical distance. That I think that's the yeah. biggest tip. I'd get. Don't be on top of each other, which is so tempting, I think, to do when you're... Just because you're isolating together doesn't mean you have to be joined at the hip. You can still kind of live on different schedules. Does that make sense? Like, I'm an early bird, so I'm up at, like, half seven, so he's asleep for, like, another two hours. So I have the apartment to myself, and that time is really nice to be alone, like, you know, just sort of taking the day before he gets up and starts fucking blaring FIFA on top volume and I want to fucking jump off the balcony. <laughs> You're so right. I think, yeah, literally 100% hit the nail on the head. You definitely still, even in a couple, need to have your own space. 100%. Definitely, definitely. Are you isolating with Matt? I am. So I've had a bit of a stinker, I ain't going to lie. Me and Matt <laughs> got back off our lovely holiday. And oh, yeah. I've come home to my apartment with a flood. No! Yeah, so the flat's flooded. Uh, the, the water's gone into the electric box. So we've <gasps> had to ice, isolate ourselves or self-isolate at my parents'. Um, right. So, yeah, we're self-isolating. And bearing in mind, we've never... We don't live together properly. Well, we don't live step, together, do you know what I mean? So it's a big step. Like, this is the most time we've ever spent on the bounce with each other because we, we've we had holidays now, but we've had our holiday and then we've gone into self-isolation. Um, so, yeah, we, we're together. And obviously, like, we're still a relatively new couple. Like, I've only been with him for, like... I've known him, what, seven months. Um, been with him slightly less. 
But uh, no, completely. I know what you mean. We, even us at our early stage, are having our own space. So sometimes I'll be downstairs, like I could just be in the kitchen, I'll cook for us. I have my own space doing that. I'll have my iPad set up and I'll be watching something on the iPad. He'll be upstairs watching something in my room. He'll be watching a film or a programme. So, yeah, we're still having our own space now. I'll leave him to do his little thing. Like the other day, I, I was just on Instagram, um, like doing like a little bake-along just to pass the time. So I was making cupcakes and he's up here watching watching something. And uh, so, yeah, I think that... Uh, Having your own space is definitely key because you don't want to get on each other's tits. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Why don't we do like a little mashup of past episodes? Sounds great to me, Rob. I'm so game. So, guys, I hope you've enjoyed hearing our honest response to your questions and thank you so much for sending them in. Finally, let's take a moment to reflect on the eye-opening sexual revelations that we have learned over the past nine weeks. We've generally loved speaking to all of our sex-positive guests about what gets them off. We've got down and dirty with some of our guests and heard all about their sexual preferences. To warm you up and get the juices flowing, we have a little game that we call Hot or Not. Are you up for it? Let's go. It's as simple as it sounds. So basically, we'll say what it is and you just tell us if you think it's hot or not. Let's start it off. Dirty talk. Hot. That depends. I'm going to go in there hot as well, Bob. Yeah, hot all the way. Yeah, one for you, Bob. Deep throating. <laughs> hot. hot. I'm quite proud of my abilities there. Mm. But I find it hot more just like for, for a kind of almost like a skill display. I'm like, oh, isn't that good, babe? Like yeah. whenever I do, I just feel really you proud of myself. You like, wow, I can like really a circus do that. Trick. Yeah. When I, yeah. When I was younger, I used <laughs> to like that. have no, like proudly no gag reflex. And now I'm like getting older and a bit more like picky about like, the dicks I'll have in my mouth. Does anyone like gagging? Apart from the boys love the gagging. They do love yeah. it. I, I mean, just... that's, a, that's a, a little bit of a generalisation, but most guys... <laughs> yeah. like, my partner doesn't like gagging, but oh, I, I like gagging. I want to be, like, fucked oh, up against you? the wall. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's a very realistic sound. <laughs> Outdoor sex, hot or not? Oh, hot. Not. Oh. I lo- I'd love to be just thrown in a bush, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it exciting, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna go for not because that just sounds fucking painful. Bob, outdoor sex. Oh yeah, it's not for me. No, hey, Mrs. Dixand, like, don't you like a bit of outdoor sex? I'm trying to think on a beach. No, mm, too it's a lot of sand in mm. the vagina. Wasn't it com- you that had sex on a beach? And yeah, had and I got sex? arrested. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I fit, again, I'd say hot. I mean, Tom and I have been together a very long time. So, you know, I would say you need to do some spicing up sometimes. And um, yeah, we've had sex in a car and stuff. And even heard a couple of sexual fantasies from fans. There's one guy that loves my feet and loves my socks and all. Uh, yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> I love that. And all he does is message me about socks. And if I'm wearing the wrong sock colour, he'll tell me that <gasps> no, you should have white socks with them. Or show me some more of your white socks. I love you in white socks. Shit. Um, do, you, do you think it's that like a fetishy so thing? I think he's got a fetish, which but, is. But did you ask? Do you think it's a fetishy thing? I'm, I don't think he's a sock designer. I'm just going to put it out there. I think. Yeah, I think it's a foot fetish. <laughs> But fair play to him. You know? A lot of people are like that. I yeah. get messages asking to like send people my tights. Tights? Oh. Well, actually send them photos or the actual things. The actual things. Oh, you can imagine can what you they're going to do with them. Yeah, after a workout. Yeah, the, the dirty <laughs> knickers and sock requests are like quite frequent on the gram, I think. These people are not yeah. well. I mean... <laughs> 
That was ever after my socks. Okay. Oh, but after this, if you're out there and you want Bobby's socks, <laughs> you know what to do because he'll send them to you first class mail, baby. <laughs> what you got on there, Babs? Oh, I've got, I've, I'll read you the most recent one that I got. Please fuck me right now. I'm so horny for you. Wank me off, please. You can ride me or we could do anal. Please. <laughs> I've been wanking to you all day. Sweet Jesus. I mean, well, he's got no profile picture, so Seb, I don't even know whether I'd want to wank him off or not. Seb, please. I mean, that's something. I, know, I mean, manners. Like, we like manners around here, Bob, don't we? Absolutely. <laughs> what it's actually like to be on a porn set. Quite often, they wouldn't have ever met each other before, but I feel like... It depends on the industry. Yeah, yeah it depends <laughs> what side of it, because I'm thinking more like LA, San Fernando yeah, Valley. Yeah, it's That's huge probably what it's more like over there. And well, then, they all know each other, sort of in that. Well, I guess people know each other, but they mm-hmm. won't necessarily have like met before at the same right. time. Like You could just be paired up with anyone, and like it doesn't matter if you're attracted to them or not. Yeah, but you right. just have to when we, when we go through the process of making our porn films, we chat with both performers and make sure that they're like interested in each other yeah because we wouldn't want to pair people up that weren't hot for each other see that's so what i wanted to know i was interested in like is there a physical attraction there for yeah for the artists that are performing or i think i think it's different person to person because i think sometimes you can get that instant attraction be really into each other but then some performers aren't necessarily into each other but they still are there to do a good job and switch it on when they need to again i suppose it's just like acting on a film set or a tv set you might have a connection you might not but still have to play the part yeah Yeah. how long do sort of is the average like shoe like how long are they ex- expected to sort of have sex for does it run its natural course or do you be like right mm. we need an hour today of doggy <laughs> <laughs> i feel like on our side of the industry it, it's more like an hour filming yeah, the sex scene at, at most it does obviously depend on what you're doing in the scene yeah. Yeah. and what you have planned especially if you're doing something like crazy over the top artistic then maybe you need more time yeah. and we sort of say okay we want you to continue for maybe half an hour yeah. and we'll let you know if we've got mm. enough or we need to go back and do some shots but we try and keep it as natural and as as free-flowing as possible you don't want to fuck them up or yeah, you know yeah. get in their heads or or stop anything it's been different that's for sure as we say though it's taught us a lot what have been some of your big learnings for the job bobby I think personally for me is how far sex toys for men have developed over the past few years, as we learned when we sat down with guests Cameron and Mark. So Hugo is my one of my best-selling products, and it is a, a, a couple's toy. You can use it with a partner. It's an anal toy, but it comes with a little, I call it a little pebble, where you can control the senses. So if it's inside of you, your partner can stand and shake it, vibrate it, rotate it. Oh, my God. So it's really fantastic, the Hugo. And then the Bruno is the same shape, but minus the sense motion, minus the play bit. And then we've got Loki, which is a... In, where you insert it yourself. I think a lot of women love Loki as yeah. well for the man to play, or um, it could be a good male first toy. This is a prostate massager. Nice. And this God. is what I love about the brand, and I think I've said in some other episodes, I feel so many people just associate sex toys with females. That's, yeah, that's fine. And there's so many on the market now for men, and prostate massagers are like going through the roof in terms of sales. It's the way forward. So feel the pressure on that. This oh one's God. called Loki. 
It's like a sort of like, so that one I had, the clip massage, was very like high vibrations. This is like more like, you can't really hear it, but it's like, it's almost silent, isn't it? But that's like a very like, sort of like a rumbling, isn't it? Yeah, just like a... You know, a pulsation? Little ma- a, that's exactly pulsation? the word, Nick. It's a oh, pulsator. Wait, hold on, when you turn that shit, you'd honestly feel the power on that. Your head would hit the fucking roof. <laughs> we'll have a go on that, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I like that. But also hearing about drag culture and identity as part of sexuality. For me, being raised as a man really ruined my childhood and really ruined really my life for a while mm. because it was all the shit that came all being the in the Middle failed, East, yeah. all the ways I failed, what my parents expected me to be. As a man. As a man. And it's like, yeah. if wow, if we actually had looser gender categories, yeah. then maybe that would have been a lot easier. Yeah. I guess the question back to you guys is like, when did, when did anyone choose to be the gender that they are. No one actually ever made an active choice. Yeah. Like, you never chose... Like, I, I, I love it if you love being a woman. That's amazing. But when did anyone make a choice to do that? We're just told, right? Yeah. So what happens when you ask the next question, which is like, what do I really feel like? My drag is really sort of about looking at sort of underrepresented images in the Middle East and dressing up as iconic Arab women who you would not usually see on any Western depictions of Middle Eastern culture, try and, I'd say, my drag is maybe sort of dangerously funny. Mm. Sexuality, who you go to bed with, and gender is who you go to bed as. Well, that's a very, that's a lovely, simple way of putting it. I didn't coin that, but that's my go-to. You could just, like, sell that on tea towels and pens, something like that. Gender's who you are, sexuality's Mm. who you fancy. What about you, you, Emily? Similar Mm. sort of stance? I mean, I'm sort of very, I'm still exploring my new identity as queerness because I've, I don't know really, like I've always dated cis men. And then the last year I was just exploring and realised that it wasn't really for me. And like, I guess with the whole gender and sexuality, mm. I'm sort of like, my eyes are very new to it all. And then I was just like, am I allowed to be queer? Because I'm, you know, I'm not like some 15-year-old kid, like, but you, you can kind yeah, of... Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, I, and then I was talking to my partner about it, and they're like, yes, you can, be, you know, say this. Yeah, I think that especially within the LGBT community, up until this point, there's been such a, like, a push to define yourself as yeah. LGB or T. Yeah. You can't be in the middle, mm. and you can't, you know, be exploring. Yeah there can't be a period of time where you're like kind of figuring it out honestly i'm here for the honest chat about wanking the first time i found out about my clitoris was by somebody else touching it and that was basically by accident and i was like (laughs) fuck me what the fuck is that (laughs) he probably didn't even know what he was touching (laughs) so uh i made it a mission of mine to talk to my kids about masturbating. If something's kept secret, it's got that kind of sense of shame attached to it. And I always had a sense of shame whenever I used to touch myself and I just don't want my kids to grow up like that. I feel like the more orgasms I've given myself, the more empowered I've been, the more in touch with my own body and also the better I can then tell my partner what to do. So I'm having better sex by masturbating more. So Flo, I've got a question for you. Mm -hmm. How and when did you start to know what you wanted when it came to sex? It's like an ever-evolving process but I think that the key thing for that is wanking and masturbation and fantasies. That's how you know what you what you want in sex. And it like something I talk about a lot is you might be having a fantasy but you might not actually want to do that fantasy. Like, 
you might have a fantasy that you're being in like a group sex orgy with loads of strangers in an alleyway. Yeah. And that's what you masturbate about. And then you think in reality, do I want that? No, it sounds cold and dirty and dangerous. (laughs) 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 But like, what are you feeling when you're you're fantasising about that situation? Like, are you feeling in control? Are you feeling out of control? What is it that turns you on? Like, what is, yeah. Is it the novelty? Is it like the fact that all these people really desire you? Is it like the power dynamic like what is it that's and then, really interesting actually. and I suppose like you say fantasies sometimes are just that so the idea of something is often better than the, the reality, reality of yeah. it and like you say like when it comes to an alley rather than being shagged around the bins like an alley cat <laughs> <laughs> the fault of it's probably better than the actual logistic cold wheelie bin 100%, yeah. 100% so that's it a big thank you to Lalo for this season of Come Together make sure you check out all their projects online to spice up your sex life and most importantly solo play and a massive thank you to all the guests and you as the listeners. It's been amazing and I've loved every single second of doing this. Thank you. Bob, it's been so much fun. It's been a ball. I've honestly loved it. I mean, let's have it right. In terms of podcast, this couldn't be more made for me and you. It was made for me and you, Bob. I'll be seeing you very soon and hopefully seeing our listeners soon as well. Definitely. Until then, keep safe, guys. Bye. Bye. What an episode. If you love this episode as much as we did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly instalments of Sex and Pleasure, I mean, who doesn't, hit the subscribe button. This episode was brought to you by Lalo. They have the best-selling sex toys in the world for a reason. So we'd really recommend that you check out their vibe by heading to Lalo.com. For all their sex advice and how best to use their toys, make sure you also sign up to their newsletter, which is over in the show notes. Until next time, guys. 